European Heart Journal, Issue at a Glance. Volume 44, Issue 14. Focus Issue. Vascular Biology and Medicine. By Editor-in-Chief Professor Filippo Crea. Read to you by Morgan Bryan. Focus Issue on Vascular Biology and Medicine. Spanning from management of stroke to new therapeutic targets in aortic dissection and pulmonary hypertension. This focus issue on vascular biology and medicine contains a state-of-the-art review article entitled Acute Ischemic Stroke – Recent Advances in Reperfusion Treatment by Petra Vidimsky and colleagues from the Charles University and University Hospital Karlovska Vinhorady in Prague, Czech Republic. Stroke is a major clinical challenge. The authors note that during the last five to seven years, Tremendous progress was achieved in the reperfusion treatment of acute ischemic stroke during its first few hours from symptom onset. This review summarizes the latest evidence from randomized clinical trials and prospective registries, with a focus on endovascular treatment using stent retrievers, aspiration catheters, thrombolytics, and, in selected patients, carotid stenting. Novel approaches in pre-hospital, mobile interventional stroke teams, and early hospital, direct transfer to angiography, management are described. And future perspectives, all-in-one laboratories with angiography and computed tomography integrated, are discussed. There is a reasonable chance for patients with moderate to severe acute ischemic stroke to survive without permanent sequelae when the large vessel occlusion is removed by means of a modern pharmacomechanical approach. Catheter thrombectomy is now the golden standard of acute stroke treatment. The role of cardiologists in stroke is expanding from diagnostic help to reveal the cause of stroke to acute therapy in those regions where such up-to-date class 1A treatment is not yet available. In a state-of-the-art review article entitled Translational Opportunities of Single-Cell Biology in Atherosclerosis. Menno de Winther and colleagues from the University of Amsterdam in the Netherlands note that the advent of single-cell biology opens a new chapter for understanding human biological processes and for diagnosing, monitoring and treating disease. This revolution has now reached the field of cardiovascular disease, or CVD. New technologies to interrogate CVD samples at single-cell resolution are allowing the identification of novel cell communities that are important in shaping disease development and directing towards new therapeutic strategies. These approaches have begun to revolutionise atherosclerosis pathology and redraw our understanding of disease development. This review discusses the state-of-the-art of, of single-cell analysis of atherosclerotic plaques, with a particular focus on human lesions, and presents a current resolution of cellular subpopulations and their heterogeneity and plasticity in relation to clinically relevant features. Opportunities and pitfalls of current technologies, as well as the clinical impact of single-cell technologies in CVD patient care, are highlighted, advocating for multidisciplinary and international collaborative efforts to join the cellular dots of CVD. 
Deciding to stop or continue anticoagulation for venous thromboembolism, or VTE, after initial treatment is challenging, as individual risks of recurrence and bleeding are heterogeneous. In a clinical research article entitled Recurrent Venous Thromboembolism and Bleeding with Extended Anticoagulation, the VTE predict risk score. Maria de Winter and colleagues from the University Medical Center in Utrecht in the Netherlands aim to develop and externally validate models for predicting five-year risks of recurrence and bleeding in patients with VTE without cancer who completed at least three months of initial treatment, which can be used to estimate individual absolute benefits and harms of extended anticoagulation. Competing risk-adjusted models were derived to predict recurrent VTE and clinically relevant bleeding, non-major and major, using 14 readily available patient characteristics. The models were derived from combined individual patient data from the Bleeding Risk Study, OxiVTE, PreferVTE, Remedy and Resonate. External validity was assessed in the Danish VTE cohort, Einstein Choice, Garfield VTE, Mega and Tromsø studies. Absolute treatment effects were estimated by combining the models with hazard ratios from trials and meta-analyses. External validation in different settings showed agreement between predicted and observed risk up to five years, with C statistics ranging from 0.48 to 0.71 recurrence, and from 0.61 to 0.68 bleeding. The authors conclude that the VTE predict risk score can be applied to estimated risk and benefits of extended anticoagulation treatment for individual patients with VTE and to support shared decision-making. The contribution is accompanied by an editorial by Gregory Piazza from the Harvard Medical School in Boston, Massachusetts, USA. The authors note that the VTE PREDICT study group should be commended not only for providing a tool to facilitate shared decision-making around duration of anticoagulation after VTE, but also for the method by which this risk score was derived and tested. By using a rich collection of clinical trials and observational cohort studies, the investigators have incorporated an inclusive and rigorous group of datasets. With the VTE PREDICT risk score, clinicians can now better be prepared to enter a more balanced shared decision-making discussion that prioritizes patient safety and preferences. We now have the tool that enables us to look to a brighter future, one in which we can more precisely individualize long-term prevention pathways for our patients with VTE. Mechanisms responsible for aortic aneurysm and dissection are still largely unknown. In a translational research article entitled Targeting Endothelial Tight Junctions to Predict and Protect Thoracic Aortic Aneurysm and Dissection, Yuan Yang and colleagues from the Peking University in China point out that whether changes in endothelial tight junctions, or TJs, lead to the formation of thoracic aortic aneurysm and dissection, or TAAD, and serve as an early indicator and therapeutic target, remains elusive. Single-cell RNA sequencing analysis showed aberrant endothelial TJ expression in the thoracic aortas of patients with TAAD. 
in a beta-amino propionyl trial, or BAPN-induced TAAD mouse model, endothelial TJ function was disrupted in the thoracic aortas at an early stage, 5 and 10 days, as observed by a vascular permeability assay, while the intercellular distribution of crucial TJ components was significantly decreased by OMFAS staining. For non-invasive detection of endothelial TJ function, two dextrans of molecular weights 4 and 70 kilodaltons were conjugated with the Magnetic Resonance Imaging, or MRI, contrast agent, GD-DOTA, gadolinium tetrazocyclododecane tetracetic acid, to synthesize fluorescine isothiocyanate, or FITC, dextran-DOTA-GD, and rhodamine B dextran-DOTA-GD. MRI images showed that both probes accumulated in the thoracic aortas of the BAPN-fed mice. In particular, the mice with increased accumulated signals from 5 to 10 days developed TAAD at 14 days, whereas the mice with similar signals between the two time points did not. Furthermore, the protease-activated receptor 2 inhibitor AT1001, which seals TJs, alleviated the BAPN-induced impairment of endothelial TJ function and expression and subsequently reduced TAAD incidence. Notably, endothelial-targeted Z01 conditional knockout increased TAAD incidence. Mechanistically, vascular inflammation and edema were observed in the thoracic aortas of the BAPN-fed mice whereas these phenomena were attenuated by AT1001. The authors conclude that the disruption of endothelial TJ function is an early event prior to TAAD formation, herein serving as a potential indicator and a promising target for TAAD. This manuscript is accompanied by an editorial by Arlene Verstraten, Bart Lewis, and Ivana Fedorishenko from the Antwerp University Hospital in Belgium. The authors conclude that it will be important to determine whether this observation is specific to the BAPN dissection model or can be extrapolated to other TAAD models. Mechanisms responsible for pulmonary hypertension, or pH, are complex and intensely investigated. Proliferation of vascular smooth muscle cells, or VSMCs, is a hallmark of pH. In another translational research article entitled Purine Synthesis Suppression Reduces the Development and Progression of Pulmonary Hypertension in Rodent Models, Qian Ma and colleagues from Augusta University in Augusta, Georgia, USA, note that proliferative cells utilize purine bases from the de novo purine synthesis, or DNPS, pathways for nucleotide synthesis. However, it's unclear whether DNPS plays a critical role in the VSMC proliferation during development of pH. The last two steps of DNPS are catalyzed by the enzyme 5-aminoimidazole-4-carboxamide ribonucleotide formyl transferase stroke inosine monophosphate cyclohydrolase, or ATIC. This study investigated whether ATIC-driven DNPS affects the proliferation of pulmonary artery smooth muscle cells, or PASMCs, 
and the development of pH. Attic expression was assessed in platelet-derived growth factor-treated PASMCs and in the lungs of pH rodents and patients with pulmonary arterial hypertension, or PAH. Mice with global and VSMC-specific knockout of ATIC were utilised to investigate the role of ATIC in murine pH models. ATIC-mediated DNPS at the mRNA, protein and enzymatic activity levels was increased in platelet-derived growth factor-treated PASMCs or PASMCs from pH rodents and patients with PAH. In cultured PASMCs, ATIC knockdown decreased DNPS and nucleic acid DNA stroke RNA synthesis and reduced cell proliferation. Global or VSMC-specific knockout of ATIC attenuated vascular remodeling and inhibited the development and progression of both hypoxia and lung interleukin-6 stroke hypoxia-induced pH in mice. Ma and colleagues conclude that targeting ATIC-mediated DNPS comprises the availability of purine nucleotides for incorporation into DNA stroke RNA, reducing PASMC proliferation and pulmonary vascular remodeling, and ameliorating the development and progression of pH. The contribution is accompanied by an editorial by Gayathri Vizawanathan and Sudarshan Rajagopal from Duke University School of Medicine in Durham, North Carolina, USA. The authors conclude that this work establishes ATIC and the DNPS pathway as a potential drug target in PAH. Notably, an ATIC inhibitor has been described which functions by preventing enzyme homodimerization which is required for its activity. This inhibitor has been used in cancer models and as a potential radiosensitizing agent, but also promotes AMP kinase activation, which has had contrasting effects on the development of pH in different studies. There is also a larger question as to whether purine nucleotide depletion would be safe as a long-term strategy. Purine nucleotide depletion has been shown to promote cell migration and epithelial mesenchymal transition and, in cancer models, metastatic colonization. Future studies are required to test whether targeting ATIC in PAH will be a viable strategy. The editors hope that this issue of the European Heart Journal will be of interest to its listeners.